Hey everybody, welcome to Between the Lions, bi-weekly bite-sized oral history, the ongoing mission by the musical collective known as My Soul Among Lions to put all 150 psalms from the Bible to music. My name is Nathan Alberson, humble and obedient host. That's Pastor Phil right there. Hello, Nathan. And Pastor Jake right there. Hey. And today, we're going to talk about a little psalm that Phil and I wrote called Beyond the Stars, based on Psalm 8. And we left you with a cliffhanger last time because we said there was some drama about this one. Maybe the most drama regarding My Soul Among <laughs> Not Lions. maybe. There's no maybe. <laughs> <Is there? laughs> well, I was trying to think if there was anything else. Maybe something I wasn't directly involved with. To put this all in context, Psalm 8 is one of my favorite psalms. Just I'm going to make a little space for myself. <laughs> you, you may not like me by the end of this one, folks. And, and I don't like me either, so it's fine. But the, the, we talked a few episodes ago about the idea of Christ's kingship. Or, or just the paradoxes of who Christ is being something that Jake has contemplated his whole life and something that he's fixed on as as an anchor point in his religious experience. For me, the God of the heavens is one of the, I don't know how to say it, one of the most transcendent ideas in the Bible. I love all the Psalms that have to do with God stretching the skies, with mm-hmm. God putting the stars in place. Yep. And I don't really get excited about nature. I don't go for a walk in the woods and just feel like the majesty of all the birds. And I'm just Mm -hmm. not one of those people Mm -hmm. that gets excited about that kind of thing. In fact, you could argue that I have a little chip on my shoulder and I'd rather be inside in the air conditioning on my iPhone. But the one thing that really just connects to me and and gives me the feels about nature is standing under, under the sky, whether it's a big blue summer sky with clouds or whether it's a sea of stars in the ocean of darkness, whether it's clouds moving across the moon, just the idea that God created this vast expanse just to show off his majesty and then put man over the world. But uh, we don't have to go too deep into it. But I love that idea. I just, it's so cool. And Psalm 8 is one of the best evocations of it in the Bible. So you can find it just like you can find this theme running through the uh, the theme of like the paradoxes of Christ as the lamb and the lion, all the stuff running through Jake's work. You can find articles by me and things like this. There's one called the extravagance of the, the stars. extravagance of the stars of little Chestonian riff on just the idea that God created all these stars for what? Just to show off, basically, if I can, <laughs> if I can put it that way, if that's not demeaning because he's God, because he just is like, here's a billion more giant <laughs> galactic things burning. It's amazing. It boggles <laughs> my mind. Yep. Right? Yep. And so that can perhaps give you a, not much, but an iota of sympathy for the fact that I did not respond well. I remember Jake came back from his retreat. He spent a week with Jody and he came back and he played demos of basically the bulk of what became Psalms 1 through 10, the album. Right. And it was really cool and it was really great. And Psalm 6 was great. I remember hearing that for the first time. I remember sitting on Jake's couch, probably had a little whiskey or something like that, and just hearing them and it was warm and it was mellow and it was cool. And it's like, they did it. This is great. Like these are all Psalm 9, I think, came out of that. Mm-hmm. You just came back with, it's like you'd gone Basically on, an album. You, you'd gone on an expedition and you'd come back with gold and jewels <laughs> and you were just like, here's another pile of gold. We, we did the fabled thing that- Indiana Jones and- Indiana Jones, or just the 
some band, some artist right. is just right. going to go to a cabin for a week and come back with an album. Right. And you pulled it off. Be easy to go to a cabin be posers for a week and then come back with nothing. <laughs> but that's not what happened. <laughs> and, and so, I don't know. I, I was, um, I am a sharp-tongued individual and was more so then. So, I, I don't know. I may not have even been nice about some of the gold that you brought back. But the one thing that I remember really not being pleased with was that. Majesty. Majesty. And I don't know what you remember about this, Jake, but the way I remember it, I was just death on it from the very beginning. Yep, you hated it. I hated it. And didn't mind saying so. And didn't mind saying so. And we just listened to it. It in no way deserves the visceral feeling that I felt. Maybe you can have a little sympathy for it when you realize I had this personal notion of what this psalm should be, of what our feelings, what are, you know, of of, of the music of the spheres. If, if we're going to write music for the stars, like I had my own idea of that. And this, mm -hmm. this, this did not, you know, a campfire song wasn't it. I did not feel that existential feeling the way that Jake and Jody had expressed it. And I took it personally and I shouldn't have, but I did. Well, both Psalm 6 and Psalm 8 have, or majesty, I should say, both the Psalm 6 that we have, majesty, the Psalm 8 that we brought back, resolve with Jesus. And that was the first idea, the first time we introduced that idea to ourselves. Right. Up Michigan, and then we came back and introduced it to everybody else. And there's a great everybody stumbled over that, or well, no, every, well, everybody had a different reaction. I think most people really loved it. Yeah, you did. Right. You did not like well in, in either of those contexts. I'm, I'm an artist first, Jake, and uh, <laughs> <laughs> and what I like is give them two plus two, let them make four. That's my motto. To me, there's something really cool about the fact that the Psalms are about Jesus, but they never say the name Jesus. Why artistically, I'm not talking theologically now, I'm just like, as an, as an artist, as an interpreter of the Psalms, why remove that element? Because that's actually a really cool, interesting, fun mm -hmm. element. So that would be my argument. And it still kind of is, but also nobody wants Psalm 6 to not resolve with come Jesus come. Sometimes it just works. And I can't really argue with that. But on some kind of basic level, I was ready to not like it. You also have to understand that I was here. I'm just going to give all the excuses for my behavior <laughs> up front before I describe what the behavior was <laughs> in more detail. I thought that you were supposed to be really nasty when you were arguing something. I mean, I just had this basic idea that men, when they argue, should have their swords out and they should try and stab the other argument to death, if not the other person who's holding the argument to death. Like, I thought that that was what Christian men were supposed to do because the culture's full of wimps and people who don't do that. We're supposed to do that. Now, it turns out that that's pretty immature. And that's something that immature guys who are just hitting biblical masculinity for the first time often fall into. You know, it's that cage stage kind of, Jake likes to say, you got to hammer everything's a nail kind of... Uh, Mm -hmm. thing. So, I was right there. Like, I'm ex I'm excited about this and I have strong feelings and everybody needs to know about them. I should just vent my anger about them. You know, I still like to express my feelings strongly, you know, especially in a forum like this one where it's kind of fun to argue about things like on an episode of The Bookening or something like that. Like, why take a, a weak position on The Bookening? 
that's not good podcasting, right? But it turns out when you're collaborating with your friends and with your coworkers, there's some tact and <laughs> diplomacy and love and kindness, things like, you know, there's like the fruit of the spirit that should be evident. And so there was absolutely no excuse for the way I responded. It was wicked, but I didn't know it at the time. And it really, it was really a kind of a turning point in my life because I responded poorly and nobody was having it. And it just made me realize over the, over time, as I processed that in retrospect, like, oh, well, Nathan, actually, maybe you should try not being a jerk. That might, that might be good. It's kind of an important moment for me. But all of that to say, the story is, I just decided I hated this Psalm 8, this majesty. Like, it just, it was not good. I started arguing against it pretty stringently. You know, I told Jody that King David was probably rolling in his grave somewhere. (laughs) (laughs) One of the milder things I said. (laughs) One of the milder things I said. (laughs) And it all culminated one Thursday night, one fateful Thursday night with this email that I wrote, which was just an anger. It started out nicely enough, but it was just like this long rant, which I'd be mortified to read now, <laughs> that included some bad words and stuff, like saying what a terrible psalm this was and just tearing it apart every which way. Like I just, I, I, I was really angry at this psalm for whatever reason. And it's it was such a ridiculously over the top email that uh, we had a friend who happened to be on the email chain in Toledo and <laughs> I visited Toledo one time church that we're friendly with there and I met several people who were like oh yeah you're the email guy <laughs> <laughs> I'm like oh okay great that's what I'm famous for <laughs> guess it got it, it exchanged hands <sighs> so I sent this nasty email for some reason, thinking that that's going to achieve something, like, that'll get them. You know, they'll be backed into a corner and they'll have to s- see the error of their ways. That didn't work. I remember, Phil, you took me aside the next day and just said, you can't send an email. Like, just, <laughs> I did. I you, forgot about yeah. that. <laughs> <laughs> like, you can't be, you just said you I can't. I took you into Tim's office. Yeah, yeah. It was, it was the whole thing. And I felt really bad because, and I'm, I'm sure a lot of, young men experience this who are hitting some of these things, especially people. And I I should have been more mature than that. You know, I've grown up with this stuff. I wasn't actually hitting biblical masculinity for the first time. But I don't know. I guess I just never learned how to argue or something like that, how to argue productively. That's my excuse, at least. That's the only excuse that holds any water. So, Phil just said, like, you can't be like this. This is stupid. And and I was like, I didn't get it at the time. I was like, why? Why not? Like, What's wrong with it? It it really took a long time. Mm. But I apologized to Jody. We had a nice conversation. He said he forgive me. Da 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 da. It was kind of him. I shouldn't da 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 over it, but it's embarrassing. So let's we've talked about this enough. Anyway. (laughs) Did you have something to add, Jake? (laughs) Nope. Um I found it, but I'm not gonna actually read it for myself. (laughs) Yeah. No. The first blast of (laughs) <laughs> the trumpet. Oh, I guess we can tell people that. I called That's it... what I was debating. The first blast of the trumpet against the monstrous psalmate. <laughs> yes, I called it the first blast of the trumpet against the monstrous psalmate. That was the subject line of the email. That's all I was looking for. Yes, <laughs> yes. Trying to get that right in my head. Yeah. Well, you know, I'm funny. Okay. So... <laughs> I had too much fun with it. The funny thing is, like, if somebody sent me an email right like that now, I would have so little patience for it. I hate when people try to be clever in emails. <sighs> oh, well. Now, 
I don't remember exactly what the chronology. I don't remember how much time passed after that. But at a certain point, because we did the debate became then a little less heated and more friendly, yeah. but the everybody still knew like I was the enemy of majesty. <laughs> what month was the retreat, Jake? I think it would have been March. Because um, I think it was May that you deliver end of May that you delivered this psalm to me, your version. Right. Um, so maybe it it must have no, it must have been later. Because the retreat? Yeah, because I have this email. You sent this email in June. And then I have an email from you saying It was probably uh, I have an email from you thanking Jody for what for his version of your version of Psalm 8 in July. Huh. Mm. So maybe April, May, sometime after Holy Week, maybe? I can't re- You know what? No, it, well, here's how I know. I think it was the playoffs, the NBA playoffs. So it was probably, it was probably June. This is probably almost right away. No, because May 20th is when he sent me his soulmate. And that's what I was going to say is the great thing about reactions to other people's writing is it inspires you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's weird. I mean, I've had that happen to me. You, you read something, you're like, oh, I can do better than that. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and it kind of, it can unlock something inside you to set you free to write something of your own yeah. by seeing someone else's work on something. Well, it was kind of like I had thrown down, now I needed to <laughs> show up or yeah. whatever the saying is. Like, show out. Show out, yeah. Mm. Like I, I, I was making, you know, broadly speaking, taking away all the negative energy that I infused it with, What I was, the point I kept making was we can do better. So now I needed to do better. Like mm-hmm. I needed to put my money yeah. where my mouth was. Yeah. So... I wrote a Psalm 8, and Phil actually brought the original yeah, version. the original. And I remember for my sake, we didn't, we didn't use all these lyrics. We made a fair bit of changes, mm-hmm. but I remember being inspired by the first two lines. Of, if I could see beyond yeah, the stars. Yeah, if I could see beyond the stars and pierce the darkness with my sight. That's which, the whole song. Yeah. That's the winner right yep. there. And, and it just, from there, I was like, oh yeah, I love this. And I responded to you, yeah, this is great, I'll... I'll get back to you, you know. Um, as long as I'm being self-deprecating, though, my eye would be a mean device. <laughs> yeah, to I didn't like that very much. <laughs> yeah. Power of revision, folks, <laughs> and collaboration. Yeah. This is one of the great stories of collaboration, mm-hmm. I think. I think so, too. Because uh, Nathan gave it to me. It was long meter, 8888. Mm-hmm. And that didn't work with what I had in my mind, musically speaking, mm-hmm. uh, after I got going off the text. and we decided to end it with a little four syllable yeah beyond the stars at the mm-hmm. end of the line or well it was a real risk because if you just took lyrically what the song is now and put it on paper i i mean i remember i remember reading that first one and thinking oh there's some really great stuff in here and then i remember reading your revision of it and thinking before i had i think listen to it and thinking this is dangerous because this could come off as really childish like a like a nursery song mm-hmm. and so it, was, it struck me as being risky the way that it so how's it gonna as if i could see beyond the stars pierce the darkness, pierce the darkness with, with my, my sight. sight and see your glory in the night beyond the stars the way that that little couplet worked felt almost sort of nursery rhymey to me. I mean, you could, if I could see beyond the stars and it, you know, it Mm -hmm. it has that kind of. Yeah, it just felt like a, felt like a real risk. And then I heard the music too and I thought, oh, okay. 
And then Jody took it and slowed it way down. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this one went through a lot of permutations. Because mm-hmm. it was more upbeat as you guys yeah. had it. Yep. Mm-hmm. And then he slowed it down and then it took on a more contemplative. Well, didn't you feel. have to come back with, maybe we're getting ahead of ourselves, but you wrote a couple choruses. To yeah. Film. We were struggling to find the right chorus. In the end, I think we have something that more reflects the chorus of scripture. How majestic is your name yes. in all the earth. Yes. Absolutely. Rather than something a little more fleshed out. This is, by the way, an example of something that's not line for line, the psalm. We've talked about Mm -hmm. some of the psalm. This is very much Nathan's riff on what the psalm makes him feel, if that's not too subjective and artsy sounding for you. The idea of standing in the sky is not David's exactly, but... I think it works. It's what, what the way I think of a song like this is it's almost like an ad for the psalm. Like, if you like this, then you'll love Psalm 8. <laughs> <laughs> and it's got all the basic ideas in there, but it's, it is in some sense its own thing. I guess that's worth pointing out. Yeah, I remember working with our psalm team because I, I guess we've said before we were divided into teams. It was me and Philip and Nathan Bailey in Toledo, who was joining us by Skype, Brandon Chasteen of mm-hmm. the Bookening fame. People will know him. Was there someone else? Was Ben Solzer there? Ben must have been on my team. I don't know. Yeah. I, I mean, <laughs> we had two different teams. Poor ben. But it basically ended up being Jake and Jody and Phil and Nathan. Yeah. And then some other collaborators that occasionally yeah. weighed in or made some contributions here and there with Nathan Bailey and Brandon Chastain and Ben mm-hmm. Solzer being the principal ones that I remember having real input there may have been a couple other people that i'm forgetting and i'm sorry if i am but well brandon chastine made a real contribution that i've always remembered and wanted to give him credit for yep. uh which is the ending the circular the the closed loop of and all that seeks the birds and beasts on land and sea and all that moves through day and night and all that seeks to see your light beyond the stars i actually don't remember who came up with that line but brandon was the one who said we must do that and sometimes that's what you need is someone with taste to be on your team and say, because you'll throw out a million ideas. This is the right answer. And you can't. Yeah. Or no, this is actually a good idea. You've thrown out 10 ideas and you can't sort the good from the bad because you're so in the middle of it. Yeah. Yeah, I I find this in writing comedy a lot is you can generate 10 punchlines, but it really helps to have somebody there to laugh at one of them because you'll be like, okay, well, let's let's go with that one. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I remember not being happy with how it was bookending. And I think we... When we met together, we were working through that. Yeah, there was a lot of kind of tug of yeah. war on that. But So that was a great suggestion. Bookend it with Beyond the Stars. Mm. Right. Well, and it has that Roman, is it Romans 8? The, well, even that, the birds and beasts grown and yeah. Yeah. under the weight of. Even that bookending of it, I think it really did have the potential to go wrong. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that was it's, kind of a risky but, thing. But, but that is, you know, some of the greatest songs and the greatest poems and the greatest pieces of art are able to walk that line between almost falling off yeah because it's, it's such a it's, a it's either you know is this childish or innocent mm-hmm. <laughs> is this sweet or is it saccharine is it moving or is it sentimental no goldilocks it's just right <laughs> it, it, and really you know you're swinging for the fences and you're trying to to walk those lines and mm-hmm. you know it's no secret that majesty went too far to nathan's taste at least yeah, listen, I hope, folks, I haven't made you not like Majesty. Majesty's a fine song. My disgust with it was something personal and regrettable. And, and there was some truth in your criticisms of it. 
I think I'd still stand by some of the criticisms, but at the end of the day, if people like that song, that it doesn't make them bad people. You know? <laughs> Dave, King David is not rolling in his grave, and it did not. Yeah. We did there, there did not need to be a first blast of the trumpet yeah. against the monstrous. Well, my my point though is that this has become one of the great the the best songs that we've ever done, and it is because it manages to walk that that line so well from beginning to end and take real risks that pay off in mm. real ways that it didn't have to work. But it did work, and it worked really, really, really well. Well, thank you. I like it too. It's, yeah. one, it's one of the few things in my life where uh, artistically, where I'm just happy with it. Like if it yeah. gets played, I don't yeah. think, "Oh man, I wish I would have done this or yeah. that." Or like, you know, we'll sing it at church, and I'll look around, and people have their hands up, and I'll be like, "I could put my hand up too." Yeah. Like, I like this song. It's a wonderful example of of a good collaborative yeah. nature of this kind of work. Absolutely. Um, I think, you know, when you, see, when you see a text, it's sometimes it's very hard to fit a text to a music, you know, where yeah. your mind's going a different direction than maybe the poet's mind. Mm -hmm. And for me, I took the, the liberty, the license to just say, well, no, this is what I want. <laughs> this mm -hmm. is what I think it should do. Yeah. And, and I roughed that in. And gave it back to Nathan. We got together and met and kind of argued these things out. And we had disagreements. And and I think you won many of the, the disagreements in terms of the lines that stayed. But you won the structure, which was right. I mean, 8888 was a lame structure. I'm so glad that you won that one. Well, I think on this first album, if, you, if you're thinking of it just in terms of teams, the collaborative triumph for me and Jody was Psalm 6, mm -hmm. where... You know, I had to rework something I was in love with into something that I was mistrusting musically. I love it. And it turned out better for Jody meddling with it. Sometimes those collaborations don't work and you're not happy or you're, maybe you're both unsatisfied or one party's more satisfied than the other, but you can't really make anything work without the other to begin with. But both Beyond the Stars and Lord How Long mm -hmm. are the real first I mean, the first real breakthroughs, the first real triumphs of actual collaboration right? in my mind where we look at those and we say, we made this song mm -hmm. and it would not be anything like what it is now if it wasn't for the other person. Yeah. Yeah. And there, There is no soulmate outside of the chemical thing that happens when you put Phil and Nathan together, Psalm 6, Jody, Jake, same thing. Yeah. That, I mean, there are other things where... And I, I'm sure you've experienced this too, where I've written a text and I felt, well, that's good. You know, the finished product is good. It wasn't exactly what I had in mind. In some ways, it's a little bit of a of a letdown. In other ways, you know, hey, it's a surprising take. And it, I find it interesting that that's the take on those lyrics that you took. And other times where it's just like, oh, wow, I'm going to start crying because you took this humble little poem that I wrote and that I loved and you made it. Mm -hmm. come to life and hit all of the beats just perfectly better than I could have imagined and wow how humbling to be able to be a part of something like this and to mm -hmm. be able to work with you guys on things like this well I wish I could give myself the credit of having had that reaction when Phil brought back <laughs> his melody but <laughs> everything about this was hard I I remember arguing with Phil about the melody yeah. I, I don't remember exactly I wanted it to have more variety or something like that which I don't ever usually say much about the melody but in this case i was just like it was personal enough or something so even that was hard and it took having some time away from it and a little distance for me to actually 
be appreciative of what we'd done together. You know, I think it was actually hearing it live for the first time where I was like, oh man, this really works. And it actually is majestic. It gets that oh Lord, oh Lord feeling, you know, because mm-hmm. it is such a simple melody that it didn't, it didn't just like blow me away the first time I heard it, but it's one of my favorites. It's now. very simple in the kind of American folk mm-hmm. kind of way. And that's why I think it, it works. Well, and how majestic is your name about, you know, the chorus, it didn't just blow me out of the water the first time, but it is, it does have that transcendent feeling when you do it in mm-hmm. worship, you raise mm-hmm. your hands, all that sort of thing. So, so I really love this Psalm. This is my favorite one that I've worked on. I'm happy that it came out. Don't like remembering the <laughs> turmoil <laughs> yeah. and drama mm-hmm. that went into it. Don't much like that version of Nathan all that much. He also had a ponytail. So, um, you had a ponytail. I think so. That, that was probably ponytail era, Nathan. But ponytail's gone, and hopefully, some of the <laughs> <laughs> malice, <laughs> <laughs> along with it, along with it. <laughs> you want to say anything about the production of the, this? Or pretty simple. It right? is very simple. Yeah, like you said, it's a little slowed down, folksier than I had in mind. Mm-hmm. It's also on the B side. But well, oh. <laughs> here's the thing that really works about that though. If you listen through the first disc and the second disc as one thing, which yeah. I take it many people did. Yeah. And many people listening on Spotify or wherever else they listen. Right. Right. Do. It actually makes it into a killer closer. Yeah, it closes it out. That's so right. it's sort of I don't know whether this was the design, but it actually gave it a place of importance, actually, yeah. kind of. You know. Well, I do think Majesty in its placement on the first album side really works nicely in the flow of the album yeah it lends more variety than this would have and yeah i agree i think they were placed correctly so there you go folks that's the story beyond the stars i hope you like it because it was painful (laughs) getting there (laughs) and hey let's give it a listen if i could see beyond the stars and pierce the darkness with my sight And see your glory in the night beyond the stars If I could stand above the sky Your every work beneath my gaze There'd be no ending to my praise, O Lord my God You have ordained the mouths of babes That songs of joy may ever flow That you may silence every foe Through mouths of babes And how the little children laugh Think how wonderful and odd That you should crown the sons of God, the sons of man. Oh Lord, our Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth. How majestic is your name in all the earth. Yeah.
I think, oh, what is man That you would raise him as a king Reigning over everything your hands have made The birds and beasts on land and sea And all that moves through day and night And all that seeks to see your light beyond the stars If you like this song and you want to buy it, you can buy it on iTunes or Amazon or Bandcamp all over the place. You can go right now and listen to it on Spotify or Apple Music. Wherever you get your music, it's there. If you want charts, lead sheets, it's all available for free at clearnotesongbook.com. And if you want to support this work and get access to great new content as we write and produce new songs, go to patreon.com forward slash MSAL where you can sign up for as little as a cup of coffee a month.